you see the messages about the, yes. the timings. So we messed yes. the timings up twice yes. and then a third time. Yes. <laughs> so that was three times we messed it up. I don't know whether people think we did it on purpose, but they, they think it's funny. It's quite funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's quite bizarre, isn't it? The fact we've we been honest and, and actually it's, it's worked in our favour. <laughs> Maybe that's what they expect. Yeah, you're talking about Paul Brown's uh, comment. At least that solves the day after, before, after, during, podcast, after podcast, release, day, confusion. Oh, well, yeah, but we might cancel it again. Ah, yeah. Keep it on your toes. That's marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I do apologise. We didn't do it on purpose. Just life. Life gets in the way. It does. Kilo Delta Papa says, uh, I love your podcast. Listening while building my kits. No matter how dangerous this has proved to be. <laughs> keep it up guys sorry i couldn't find uh buy me a pint site no there's a marketing thing that we could go with a pint of coffee that's a lot of coffee or does he mean buy us a beer i think it's probably a beer he, he realizes we need the uh the extra lubrication god the last thing we need to be is uh is half cut we barely do this sober <laughs> <laughs> although saying that you know we have managed 23 episodes we have mostly released on time mostly mostly not upset anyone mm-hmm. i'm told it entertains i'm told that well people subscribe to it so must be doing something right yep definitely we do have another message from mark bridge remember he says evening guys just finished listening to the latest jmc never laughed so hard in ages thank you both for your effort you put into making us modelers keep our sanity i don't know if we keep their sanity do we Maybe he's laughing at us. It is quite possible. What was even funnier is I replied to him and said to him, oh, thank you so much for taking the time to comment. And he said <laughs> he said to me, that's fine. I've just sent Malcolm the same comment, obviously changing the name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're a copy and paste job. Yeah, oh, yeah. Dear sir, your insert name here, podcast, was fantastic. <laughs> What's annoying is Podbean has sent me an email saying, hey, you've got a comment on our uh, Models Toys. And it says, uh, just listen to your latest podcast whilst at the bench. Great idea about hooking up a fluorescent die-cast car to a battery. Mind you, I do have my favourite hobby, knit. And that's it. It won't let me see anymore unless I log in. But I don't have a Podbean account. That's that's terrible. So whoever said that, thank you. But I want to know what their favourite hobby is that begins with knit. (laughs) <laughs> knitting oh well this could be knives <laughs> it could be, could be yes answers on a postcard <laughs> knife throwing the best person that makes a comment on buymeacoffee.com the one that makes us laugh the most we will send you a gift how about that oh cool you have to remember we did that though i've written it down and you have to remember that you said that and then you've you remembered to actually do it <laughs> And do it in time. (laughs) I am Malcolm Childs. And I am James Giffins. And we are Just Making Conversation. The show where we discuss the ins and outs of the model making hobby that we both love so much. From the greasy sprues to the gloss coats and everything in between. We are going to just make conversation. 
Remember, there are other podcasts you can listen to. Plastic Model Mojo. The Scale Model Podcast. Plastic Posse. On the Bench. Model Geeks. Sprue Cutters Union. Or you can head to modelpodcasts.com. Consider leaving a review or five stars as it promotes this podcast to more people to enjoy. Also, consider tossing a coin to us on buymeacoffee.com. It just helps us make content for you. In this episode, we've just been making conversations, celebrating our first year of podcasts. We hope to share with you an insight into the studio, the setup, and how we bring you the magic, and just how much of a laugh we have while making sure you laugh too. We also will be working through your thoughts, comments, and feedback on just how much joy or tears we've brought to you over the last year, and what to expect with a call to action to our listeners plus an update on the Mooseroo, and so much more. I went for my um, booster jab yesterday. Okay, yeah. Um, so I had a booster jab in one arm, flu jab in the other arm. And while, while we're sitting there waiting, my wife suddenly announces to me that I, her words were, oh, look at this, you really need to buy this for Christmas for me. Bearing in mind, we sat in a chemist, so that was a bit worrying to start with. But as I turned round, she's holding a a pack of stickers of frogs. Okay. Oh, oh right. Yes. Well, she's got frogophobia, isn't she? She's got frogophobia, but she wants stickers of frogs. Anyway, that, that sort of gives you an insight into my life. But in this episode... <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Hang on. I've got questions now. Uh, is she able to see a picture of a frog? Uh, she, you know, she's okay looking at a picture of a frog because she knows it's not going to move or jump. Is she okay with the word frog? She's okay with the word frog as long as you don't say frog. Right. In an alarming manner, she's okay. 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 She's only actually scared of a, a real frog. Basically, we, we have a pond in our garden, and obviously there are a lot of frogs around from time to time, and uh, we rehouse them on a regular basis, but unfortunately they keep coming back. And... Um, she will do the garden because that's her hobby. She doesn't like modeling. She likes making flowers and stuff. And she will wander around the garden and there'll be a scream. And, and I'll have to go out in the garden because she's literally frozen to the spot because there's a frog near her. Uh, she's okay. If I say to her, there's a frog over there, she can walk over there, look at the frog, walk past it. She's fine. Okay. But it's just purely the case that they have a tendency to jump out of you. Surprise so. frogs. Yeah. I can, I can empathize with that. And, and I'll give you just another little insight. We do actually have a thermometer, an outside thermometer that you stick to the outside of your window. So when you look out the window, you can see what the temperature is outside. Right, yeah. And that, that is a frog. <laughs> is that a warning? So it looks like a frog that's splatted no, but against the window. Is that a warning to the other frogs? Like, yes. Don't come near. Don't, don't get this big and don't don't get caught because you'll have a thermometer stuck into your body. Is it a rectal th- thermometer inside a real frog? <laughs> <laughs> it, it may well have been at one stage, but anyway. So, <laughs> uh, in this episode, obviously, we're going to be, because uh, you asked me, I know you asked me a moment ago, what are we doing in this episode, James? And then we end up talking about frogs. Uh, we talked about rectal, <laughs> rectal thermometers and frogs. <laughs> Uh, welcome to JMC. If you're just tuning in, if you're just tuning in, well, you've missed a ride. Yes. So yeah, in this episode, basically, we have asked our wonderful audience 
uh, a few friends and etc uh some questions ask them for some questions put to us that we're gonna ask each other and we're gonna discuss yeah so a bit of a different format for the last episode a bit more freeform maybe we'll probably still edit it because i you know i have to have that control <laughs> freak but yeah this is going to be more talking about what we do and the podcast itself rather than uh model making which we barely talk about at all anyway we won't be mentioning any of our normal topics that crop up during our modeling things but we're not i'm not going to say what they are if you're not sure then uh 24 episodes this one will be so you've got 23 to listen to and catch up ready for next season so anyway the first question out of the pot is from scott from plastic posse podcast yay Hi, Scott. Thank you very much for taking the time to send some questions. So his first question I'm going to put to Malcolm is, how has making a podcast affected each of you with respects to your modelling time at the bench? So the amount of time it takes us to record this is usually about two and a half hours. Mm-hmm. An episode, I'd say on average. And then it takes me two full evenings, I would say, to edit it down to something coherent. And then we have a, an episode that is like 50 minutes long. That time is it's a lot of time to spare. A, a podcast is almost like a completely new hobby, I would have said. Mm, yeah. A totally new hobby on top of another hobby. I haven't made a kit in ages. No, you haven't. Cards on the table. I haven't made any. I haven't, I've been painting figures here and there, but I haven't been making kits. And uh, I, I always complain that I haven't got the space. But I can make the space. I just haven't made the space. I've made the time. I've made the space. It's kind of ironic. You're talking about model making, and not that we have any uh, authority over it at all. No, but, you know, I'm sort of about model making, and I haven't done any model making. Kind of feels a bit uh, hypocritical, perhaps. But I plan to over Christmas. I'm taking some time off, so I will get that Corsair completed. I will uh, work on an orc I've got had on the shelf for many years. I want to finish off all of the um, <laughs> shelf queens I have and then ready for, and then I'll probably go back to being too busy. But that's the plan. December, I'm going to try and do it. So back to the question. Podcast making is a time sink. What about you, James? For me, I haven't actually done any model making at all either for well over a month. But I'd be honest, it's because I've just been doing too much juggling, uh, too many things going on around. Uh, for the podcast-wise, like Malcolm says, I'll be honest, I just rock up, talk inanely to, to Malcolm for a couple of hours. And then the only thing I also do is I do this, the social media side. So I, I'll put together the posts that go up on Facebook and the enormous amount of posts that's gone up on the uh, Buy Me A Coffee, which I apologise, I haven't done me- nearly enough. Yeah, so it does it does affect it, yes. But it is a massive part of our hobby I think I'm, I can say that with authority for Malcolm as well. It's, we really look forward to, to sitting and chatting. It gives us a good excuse to hang out with each other and have a chat about stuff. I don't really see it as it's detracted away from the bench. Yes, I haven't put a model together. Yeah, so it does affect it a little bit, but it's just um, a great add-on to the hobby that we both love. I wonder if um, if it matters, because we're still talking about model making. We're doing a podcast about model making. The fact that we're not actually model making right now, I don't think it matters because it's kind of part of the hobby is being sociable. And, and it kind of leads into the next question as well. Uh, Scott asks, has it helped you build more? <laughs> <laughs> no, it hasn't. Uh, or has it robbed you of your modeling time? Yes, it has, I guess. Yeah, I, if I'm honest, yes, it has to a point. 
It hasn't. Yeah. I would. Robbed would be a very harsh, harsh excuse, really. If I wasn't doing this podcast, I would probably be working. Um, to be honest with you, so it's actually probably helped me boost my interest in the hobby because I've listened to all the other podcasts as well. Now that's all part of it. Mm. Part of a um, a colloquial social modely soup. In a way. Uh, it's actually given me more time at the bench, in theory. Listening to the, the uh, great content of the other podcasts and that that sort of stuff has actually given us more time in the hobby. Great question, Scott. Thanks. Hmm. Yeah, well done, mate. Next up is John. Hi, John. Thanks for sending the questions in. It's got three here. When would there be too many parts? Or conversely, when would there be too few parts? And he's talking about model making here, I guess. In a kit, is there too many parts? No, I don't. I don't think so. It, it depends on. It depends on the kit. Depends on what, what you're building. For like, for example, I'm thinking at the top of my head, a, a toon tank. There's not many parts in a toon tank, but there's just enough for you to glue some stuff together, and it's a great mojo builder, etc. So you don't want something too intense. When you want to get into something a lot more complicated with, uh, you know, bundles of PE and all that sort of stuff, no, there's not, there's not that. I suppose actually, if I'm if I'm honest, there is a kind of occasion when there's too many parts, and that's a dragon kit when you've got lots left over. Well, I, I would say uh, track lengths. Yeah, that's just unnecessary. <laughs> I, I, personally, you know, and I, I know I've just lost half the listeners, mm-hmm. but personally, any any track links is just um, torture. <laughs> And then he says, uh, when would there be too few parts? Well, one. If there's only one part, then it wouldn't be model making, would it be? Just you've got the thing done already. So more than one part. (laughs) Otherwise you're not sticking anything together. (laughs) Ah, but see, now, on your desk right now is a little orc, isn't it? No, it's not. Is that Cockney for something? No, no, no. This isn't a London thing. A hawk. Orc. Your Dungeons and Masters, whatever. <laughs> he's a dwarf. I thought he said he was an orc. I apologise. Well, he's very small, you see. When you hold him next to you, he looks very small, so he's got to be a dwarf, right? He's a dwarf. Yes, that's right. He's not an orc. Look at him. He's beautiful. Uh, yes, that's true. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, he is one part. He's one big uh, 3D model lump, so you're right. I guess you can't have too few parts, can you? It's down to what you're getting from the model. So, you know, <laughs> one part. You're you're experimenting, you're playing with your painting techniques, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it's not about the gluing together; it's about what you do with it. The answer, in in a quick sum up, is uh, no. There's never too many parts. And there's never too few parts. Dodge that question. <laughs> so his next question is going to be right up your alley. His next question is: How many shades of grey are there? Is he referring to? The book Fifty Shades of Grey. That would be fifty, then. Yes, it'd be fifty. Um, so there is a book called Fifty Thousand Shades of Grey. <laughs> right. Okay. And it is the phrase "Shades of Grey" written fifty thousand times on Amazon. You can find it if you search Fifty Thousand Shades of Grey." Uh, it's written by S. C. Ashen, <laughs> who uh, has his own YouTube channel. Click on it, and you can see uh, images from the book itself. It says here, uh, one of the things about the book, it says that if you glue this book to your hand, you will be unable to put it down. 
<laughs> a, little, a little bit like this podcast. Yeah, this is romance, intrigue, domination, control, subservience, clarity, epiphany, release, and euphoria. None of these words relate to the contents of this book. We'll put a link up there for 50,000 Shades of Grey. Write it down. It's, it's on the list now. I, I'm actually going to throw back a question to you, John, which is, um, is there enough Shades of Grey? Mm-hmm. Mm, I would say there's not, personally. How many can you name right now? Grey? <laughs> Okay, good one. That's the number one. <laughs> there's a uh, there's light grey, dark grey, medium grey, dark grey, barley grey. There's cobalt grey, graphite grey. Oh, nice! I like how you pulled that one yeah. out. Yeah, deck grey. Do you mean deck tan? No, it's deck grey. It, it is deck tan, but it's not tan, is it? Come on. If you went abroad and went on holiday to get a tan, and you come back that colour, they'd rush you to hospital. Yeah, that's true. Fair enough. Anthracite grey, sea grey, ash grey. Green grey. Uh, pale grey. I'd just like to point out, I am reading this from the bowls. <laughs> <laughs> there are lots of shades of grey, but I, in all honesty, there isn't enough. Because let's face it, when you're doing a grey airplane, how many times do you play with that grey and make it a bit darker, a bit lighter? Uh, yes, you could have every every grey there is in, in, in the book, so to speak, but you won't have enough. There's shades and then, of course, there's the hues of the grey as well. 50,000 hues of grey. Yellow, grey, green, grey, dark green, grey. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Thanks, John. That's um, that's an interesting question, yep. and I hope we've answered it in a, a roundabout way. We've provided <laughs> six minutes of content with that question. Thank you, John. Oh, wow. There you go. Thanks for your support. Thanks, John. So our next question up is from Carl Smith. Thank you, Carl, for taking the time to give us a question. Uh, it's only one, but it's a very important one, I think. He says, my biggest question would be, why a podcast and what inspired it? It's a very fluid medium in that you don't really know what's going to come out of it at the end. You you, you know what you're going to be talking about and what your content's going to be, but with unless you scripted every single word, you don't know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. You don't know what opinions are going to be made or, or what jokes <laughs> or, or how long it's going to go on for. I think that's quite fun. I like the idea of it being a conversation. Mm. I remember people saying to me that just making conversation sounds like dudes sitting next to a fire drinking something. I don't know. I don't know what they're called. Tizer. Brandy. Oh, Tizer. Mm-hmm. Tea. No, you wouldn't want to give both of us alcohol, would you? So it'd have to be something non-alcoholic. Tea, yes. Hell no. <laughs> I would be drinking tea. I would be slurping my tea uh, by the fireplace, talking to you about model making and uh, just trying to make you laugh. Yep. For two hours. Uh, and that's pretty much it, isn't it? Um, and that's probably why, because it's fun. Yeah. And uh, I have the recording equipment, and mm-hmm. so do you already. Uh, so it's kind of made sense, I guess. And I really like listening to podcasts as well. And what inspired it for me is uh, listening to the Scale Model podcast, Plastic Posse. Yeah. as well uh listening to those there's other podcasts that i listen to that aren't particularly about model making uh, which i enjoy and i like the the medium i like the fact that you can just sort of plug in and listen and as you alluded to earlier on you find that you'll have to rewind if something happens and you, and you your yeah. attention goes um and i think that's really cool because obviously you want to catch up with the conversation and normally if you're talking to someone they would stop you know <laughs> but i just i like it i, I like the a human side of it, I suppose. What about you? For me, I think one of the one of the big differences because we both do live shows on on for YouTube and that sort of thing, streaming. 
when I watch a stream that's live, you miss something. And if you go back, at some point, you're going to have to miss a chunk because then you're not live. You're talking about me. You're calling me chunky. <laughs> Are you not going to mention your size at all today? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> this is a size-free zone. Yep. Thinking of a particular live broadcast uh, that's done from UMP, and they cram an awful lot of stuff into their yes. live streams. And, you know, I can, I can remember numerous times where – Tim, for example, has been doing the kits that he's found, and you know what, what's new, what's coming out, what, you know, all that sort yeah. of stuff, and and skipping back because I've missed something, or because my wife's sitting behind me in toast and I can't hear, or you know, all, all that sort of stuff. But you, you inevitably find yourself skipping back and then having to skip forward to be live, and then do you do you then rewatch to try and find that part that you missed? So uh, th- that's the difference between that and a podcast. A podcast, you can literally pause, rewind, whatever. You listen to it numerous times. And for me personally, I had been asked about podcasts before. And and I'll be honest, my first reaction was, but a podcast, you can't see anything. Yeah. Uh, and and that's, that's to do with me. And that's the way my brain works. I am very much a hands-on, be watching what someone's doing and trying, maybe doing it myself, that sort of thing. So podcasts were a bit alien to me before I started. And what inspired me was Malcolm. That's as simple oh. as that. Malcolm asked me, yeah, you asked me to, if I'd like to give it a go. The pretense of that was a case of um, exactly like you alluded to earlier, which was, you know, we're just going to basically sit and have a conversation and, and see how it goes. And that appealed to me a great deal because obviously... There's no effort, is there? <laughs> there is no effort. We just turn up and talk diddly squat. But it, there is actually an awful lot more to it. We don't have scripts. We, we you know, we have topics. We're a bit like what we're doing tonight. Uh, I'm sitting in a dark room, which is pretty normal this time of day. Tonight, we've got questions. You know, it's, it isn't any different to that. So the last thing that sold it to me really from malcolm was we've taken an approach that there isn't any pressure so we can post up podcasts when they're ready when when we've done it we record them when we're we've got time in malcolm's case he's got children to look after or something or i've got to take the wife to work or walk the cat or whatever we just schedule it around everything else so and going back to the earlier question of how much time it's taken away from the bench and stuff it's because it the format we have we're very loosey-goosey with it in a way we're lucky that it just fits and drops in when we when life allows us to do it. So that's inspiring in itself. That's quite evident with when we were trying to organise the live thing we were going to do with the Mooseroo. Uh, the dates just kept getting pulled back and moved, and then things got forgotten and missed. And you know, it's just life, isn't it? That's what happens. The podcast is a, a low priority, obviously, with other things. We still try and get them done, don't we? Yeah, no, yeah, I, I've I've alluded to the fact that we're loosey goosey about it. We, we do have a a structure in our timings, and would you believe? Yeah, if we miss a week, I know the people that are listening to this will be upset that there's not an episode, but they're cool with that. That's fine. There's no pressure from them either. Yes, and I think that's great because we have a, a relaxed approach to it, and it would appear our community are the same. Yeah, maybe that comes across then. That we're just relaxed about it, like whatever. It's just podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we don't mind. You don't mind. We enjoy making it, and I hope you enjoy listening. So everyone wins. Oh, well, cool. I'm glad I inspired you to do it. I did kind of twist your arm 
we basically were having a conversation, weren't we? And uh, I'm sure you won't mind me saying this. With the hard work that you do, you needed an outlet not related to everything else that goes on around you. And if I'm honest, that phrase was the winning phrase to me. was the case of, yeah, do you know what? I wouldn't mind doing something that's not linked. But uh, well done, Carl. Great question. Thank you, Carl. Mm. Simon, he has many questions, so let's go through them. In hindsight, James, what would you have done differently? Bought a bigger notebook and a calendar. Mm. Mm. I think, I'll be honest, I don't, I don't honestly think there's anything that I, I regret that we've done. Maybe a couple of bits here and there, you know, with workload and blah, blah, blah. But planning, planning and time management. Yeah. Kind of goes into what we just said about just being loosey-goosey about it. Yeah. And I think if we had done it more kind of like regimented and I was on your back all the time and said, you know, we must get this done and you were on my back all the time, it wouldn't have been as fun. And they would have probably come out all quite obviously in the podcast. Well, if I could have done it, I would have hired somebody to edit the thing. (laughs) (laughs) I would have got a less squeaky chair. I've really enjoyed it so far. Mm. Next question is, uh, what are your plans for the next 12 to 24 months? Our next plan is to do a second series, another year of podcasting. We are open to suggestions with uh, subjects to talk about. We have a very long list of things that we talk about, of of modelling memes, tropes, ideas, catchphrases, and I think there's an endless supply of interesting things to talk about. Mm-hmm. Some of the plans we've got for the next series. It's Simon, it's really lovely you said 24 months. I can't think past yesterday, let alone anything else. There's a lot of ideas that we've had during this first series in which we've not implemented. And, and I think we will at some stage figure that out and, and actually formalise it in a way in which we can actually run with it. So there is an opportunity for a lot more uh, interaction with our listeners. But that comes down to time and that comes down to making sure the posts going up and, and building the community, not only through you listening to us drone on, but also with the feedback with buy me a coffee and all that sort of thing. So those of you that are in the UK and fortunate enough to go to scale model world in Telford, we will be there. Malcolm will obviously be very busy and I'll be at a loose end probably. We do have a few things in which we will be giving away. If you happen to see myself or, or Malcolm, yeah, that, I think that's probably enough that we can allude to right now. I don't want to make promises that we we don't keep. So, uh, Also, while you're at uh, Scale Model World, if you manage to successfully avoid us, then uh, you also get a prize by not having to talk to us at all. <laughs> Next question is, with model making being so visual, how do you ensure that that element isn't lost in a verbal format? That was that was my big worry. But talking to people that have listened to it, um, I, I don't think that's become an issue, no. if I'm honest. I think we've been very fortunate in that respect. Yep. We're very conscious, aren't we, that you know when we talk about something, we describe it in depth. And if we're not quite sure, we Google it, potentially live. Uh, yeah. Well, certainly live while we're talking. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is difficult. And it is a constant thought in the back of my mind of, Make sure you paint a picture so people can understand. Well, I think um, we have that kind of backup, don't we, on social media that we can post a picture. We can put links so people who are particularly interested in the subject we're talking about, they can click on that if they wish. There is that side. Uh, It's a subject that we can talk about all the time. You know, you don't have to be... I I like to analogise. You don't have to be doing archery to be enjoying archery. You could be talking about archery. It could be a podcast about archery right it doesn't mean we have to be doing archery could you imagine 
my first thought as soon as you started that analogy was I know exactly what sound effects going in there. This one. Mm-hmm. The, the the point is, do we have to be actually using a bow and arrow while we're on a podcast? No, because it would be dangerous and silly. Yeah, and that, that would be a non-visual medium. Because then you could also lie, could you say, oh, look, I hit the bullseye again. Oh, dear. He's very good at archery, I've got to be honest. He gets that bullseye every time. In fact, the amount of arrows that you've split down the middle where you've gone straight through the other one that was in the target already, it's just so it costs a lot of money. It does have to keep buying new ones. <laughs> I am completely amazed that the, my introduction to, to podcasts was Scale Model Shed. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was that was good, yeah. really good. And even listening to those guys, and they were very descriptive, I still worried. But since I've been doing it, and since I've been listening a lot more, I've decided I like Radio 4 quite a lot. Oh, that's interesting. The spoken word. I can't imagine you listening to Radio 4 and the arches. Oh, no, I do like Women's Hour. Love that. Oh, God, I can't stand Women's Hour. But that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> I bend the ear of my wife off when uh, Women's Hour's been on. I say, oh, my God, can you believe what they were talking about? Again. What I find interesting about Radio 4 is there's a lot of sex on it. And there's a lot of swearing, like way before the watershed. And I don't know how they get around that. It's Radio 4. Yes, but a child can operate a radio. Yeah, but we established earlier that people don't listen on the radio. Listen to the radio on the radio, James. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's always it's always an element in which we're um, we're conscious of. But I'm hoping you guys that are listening right now will agree that we've we've not managed to lose that element by, by us painting our pictures. Let's move on to the next question. So the next question from Simon is, what was your favourite episode so far, and why? Favourite episode? Poor. That's. Poor. While you think about that, I'm going to just jump in. I'll be honest, my favourite episode is the one I'm recording right now. And that's not because I don't think any of the other episodes are... What you guys probably don't realise is that when we record this, Malcolm goes off into his dark room and edits it. And before it goes out publicly to you lot, I get it first. So I re-listen to what we recorded the week or two before. And I really enjoy that. And that is just yeah. like a spell check, isn't it? To make sure I haven't said anything yeah. stupid or I haven't put the music in the wrong place. Yeah, that's that's all it is. But I really enjoy that. And I find it I find it quite amazing, actually, just how much I enjoy it because it reignites the conversation we had. Um, there's bits that I know that have been cut out, um, and that's fine. Um, um, <laughs> in most times, it's um, probably very, very um, appropriate. Um um, I haven't gone back and listened to our first one. I, I think I should really, but yeah. So, so yeah, my answer to that would be the one I'm doing now. What about yourself? The very first one we did about inspiration that was good. I think that was our pilot, wasn't it? It was our pilot, yeah. That was really good. I really enjoyed that one because I realized, oh wow, this is quite fun to record and to edit and to put out and to share. And I think. The one when we talked about the tools was really interesting mm-hmm. because you were sharing insights into your hobby that was related to tools that you had when you were a kid. Mm. And I thought that was awesome because it's not just about going to a hobby shop and buy the latest tank and building it. There is heart and soul and the human side to all of what we do. Mm. It was lovely to, to hear about you talking about your tools. <laughs> Yeah, that's the other thing that I've really enjoyed about making the podcast is because it has given me the opportunity to look back at, at things, you know, talking about my brother's mishap. Yeah. Tools that I've got that are my very first tools that happen to be items that my mother thought 
that I got lost. <laughs> and also all those sorts of things. It's highly enjoyable. And 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 that's sort of why I say this episode is because every every time we do an, an episode, we've not really reflected or repeated in the last 12 months. Yeah, we've, we've touched base on a few things. Bingo, here and there. Hmm. Okay, the next one. What's the funniest outtake we'll never get to hear? Says Simon. Mm, to be honest, there's probably a whole series of outtakes in which we could release. But thankfully, Malcolm's very good at tidying up and disposing of them properly. <laughs> yes, they are. They are put onto a hard drive and incinerated and then the ashes are burnt. It's quite funny. As we are doing the podcast and it's developing, as we're talking about something funny, I'm already thinking in my head, we need something for the end of the podcast and something at the beginning of the podcast. Already thinking that's going to be dropped in there, which kind of then kind of ruins it for me because I, it's kind of almost fake then because I know that what I'm saying is going to be used for what it's for and it's not so natural. But it doesn't matter because it's still funny. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's really cool is that I'm always trying to make you laugh. And you're always trying to make me laugh. Yes. Or you're trying to gross me out, or I'm trying to gross you out, <laughs> or whatever. But it's just fun. You're thinking about what to drop in at what point, because you're already editing as we're talking. Mm. And quite often, I'm aware of that, but I don't see it as fake, because you quite often will throw something at me, because you know that there'll be a reaction of some description, which is what you're looking for. Right, yeah. So I don't see it quite that way. But also with that is that we share a similar humour. We are fairly tuned to each other's humour. So that's that's very natural. The times we're making each other laugh, we do laugh an awful lot while we're recording, an awful lot. <laughs> and we lose track a lot as well, like now. Yeah, because we're quite similar in, in many ways, it just works really well in that, in that respect. So, yeah, there's lots of funny outtakes that you'll never hear uh, and we can't repeat. Uh, it was quite funny when my wife was trying to eat toast that time. <laughs> I thought that she could get away with that. That was funny. Usually it's an interruption with by a cat. Yeah. Or or me scratching the bench. Because it's not clean enough. I touch wood. Nothing's ever broken uh, live as we're doing it. Not spilt anything. Neither of us has lost any bodily function while we're doing it. No. Not yet. Not yet. So I hope that answers your question, Simon. Uh, Simon's next question... What's been your best and worst modelling purchase this year? Well, I can answer that one very quickly. Mm -hmm. This year, I have not bought one single model. What? Uh, yeah. Stand back. People have bought, bought me models. It's very kind of them. And, um, but I have not purchased any. And you know why? Mm -hmm. The reason is I am saving myself, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm saving myself for the 148 scale Revel <laughs> Blackbird. Ah, yeah. Kit's about 70, 80 quid. Uh, I will be buying that. When I say that, my wife is in the room, and she possibly uh, will disagree. Um, <laughs> but uh, that, that's that's my intention, let's say. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's I'm saving my money for. So when you say you're saving yourself, is this for your birthday? Because you did mention this. Or is this for Christmas? Well, if I well, luckily my birthday is, is coming up on the twenty second. That's the twenty second of November. Ah, oh, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> and if nobody comes through for me for that, then there is Christmas. So I'll, I'll try again then. <laughs> I do plan on buying it soon. Uh, it'll be out soon. So 
very excited about that. So that that will be my only modeling purchase this year. And then I have bought other bolt action figures and things, and they're great. So I don't really have a worse one. How about you? Hmm. Luckily, my wife isn't here to slap me around the head or taser me. I have bought several models this year, as always. The best one I've built is the one I enjoyed doing the most, um, which would be Nelly. Uh, it's a figure of uh, um, an Asian elephant. I think that's probably my best buy because it's it's the one I enjoyed a lot. It's the one model, I maybe one of two, that I've actually done a little bit of research to. Uh, and it's different. You know, it wasn't a spitfire. It wasn't... Yeah, you put a lot into that and you were very open to criticism and you took that criticism and you made it even better. And I think that's... Mm. You also loved it because of that. That is another thing to Nelly is that... She's opened my eyes to to social media and I've learned actually that, you know, putting your big boy pants on sometimes and putting your money where your mouth is, it's, it's worth the effort. Yeah. And thank you to yeah. those people that helped. It, you know, that it did help a lot. My worst purchase was from um, a retail store called Aldi and I bought myself two tools. And I'm going to just reach underneath the side to remind me what they were because they have pride of place right next to the bin. They're both from a company called Workstation, and one is a set of files, metal files, that comes with a handle that you can attach to each file. Okay. So you've got you know one handle with that six files, and the other one was a drill, a hand drill, which came with a great deal of drill bits. Oh, is this the middle of Lidl purchase then? Yes, the middle of Lidl. You know, the, the reason that us men go to Lidl is because we like the bits in the middle of the store. I'm not allowed to go to Lidl and go to the middle of Lidl. No disrespect to the company. They were reasonably cheap, I would say, probably on the cheap side. Um, but the cheapness came through very quickly when I took the drill bit out, put it into my little hand drill, and then put the hand drill back into the box and put the drill bits somewhere where I would use them and then stuck it right underneath the side. It lasted literally three minutes. Oh, that's a shame. So it's a shame. I will leave those out to remind me to take a picture of them so you can see in the social media. But, yeah, they were shocking, absolutely shocking. And when I say they were cheap, yes, they were cheap, good value, cheap. However, they were very expensive, poor value. Gave you three minutes of drilling, and I guess that's what you paid for. No, not even that. It wasn't even 30 seconds. I didn't even manage to get the hole done before the handle fell apart. Shocking. My my wife just went, now you know how I feel. But there you go. <laughs> Get what you pay for, dude. Oh, yeah. Um, when you bought them, though, do you thinking, well, this is going to replace my entire drill system? My approach to the drill was very simple. It was a case of, worst case scenario, I'm going to end up with a load of drill bits. <laughs> Which you have. And it was the worst case scenario. The drill bits were fine. They're the best part of the box. Well, no. Actually, the box is the best part of the box because it's a very nice box. <laughs> I actually took them to the bin twice to throw them away and each time I've gone now I'll keep the box so the next question would be uh, what advice would you give a new modeler who is daunted by the amazing examples of modeling online it's, it's a tough one because it's a very real problem and quite often I will I will meet a new modeler and they will be discouraged by amazing work rather than inspired to because I guess the, the learning curve and the, the time it takes to develop the skills 
is too much. They want to buy a FX kit, a starter set. They want to paint using the paints that come in the kit, and they want to produce something absolutely amazing, perfect model. And then what they make isn't what they wanted, and that's very discouraging. I always advocate for people being supported when they start in a hobby. So you have someone showing you how to do all the little tips and tricks and how to hold a set of tweezers and what's the best glue to use on a particular kit, on a particular wing or whatever, how to make a little jig on your table to put your tracks together. All those little tiny things will make a difference. And and, and if you just buy a, a start kit, you don't get those kind of no. those help in the instructions at all. But when you see pictures of amazing stuff online, of course, instead of being inspired you feel daunted because of the because of the journey that you've got to got to take um but i think that's the part of the fun mm. it's a perfectly achievable goal you just need your patience and you need your time um and it ain't going to come overnight you need to practice 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 and if it said that on a starter kit i think people might be a bit interested in actually the hobby of just the process of building being the fun part rather than the finished thing what about you? Well, I would give three bits of advice, and it's go and get yourself a starter kit, a Spitfire, or something like that. And I would say to them, build it with whatever material you've got, paint it in with every, whatever you've got, and then when you finish, buy yourself a frame and mount it in a frame and put it up on the wall because your next build will be better than the first build, mm-hmm. as they always are. And you can look at your first build and go, oh, my God. That looks terrible. Or, oh, I did that better. You can look back at your journey and go, oh, I did that. I'm now putting weathering on and it doesn't look like I've just thrown it in a pile of ash, for example. Mm. The second bit of advice I'd give is use social media wisely. Don't go to one place and take the information that a place is giving you as that is the only advice there is. Because there's a multitude of places in which you can go. Mm -hmm. The advice is not always the right advice and apply what you learn along the way as part of your journey. The last bit of advice I would give is just this. You're on a journey. The journey will take you as long as it takes you to go to where you want to go. I remember you telling me about the, the I think you heard from Spencer, was it, Mr. Pollard? It was Spencer Pollard, yeah. Yeah, it was said about everyone's on the journey. I think that's very, very insightful. We're all on this journey and we're all at different parts of the journey. And some of us will learn tips and tricks quicker. It's all down to how you obtain the information that progresses your builds. And that's the one key thing about having that first build up on the wall. It's not to make you feel bad. It's not to give you a negative. It's to give you a positive. Then if you reflect what you're doing right now to a kit you did before or before that or before that, you can see physically the journey. And harping back to that earlier a question which was what kit would you build all year long i guarantee you even the most skilled model maker could build a kit all year long and the first one wouldn't look anything like the last one they'd all be different i heard a modeler at a wargaming show that i went to uh, last week it was great to be out at a show he was standing there with his seven-year-old daughter and they were talking about and he said to me oh you know i've been trying to get the technique of making it look right for years and years and years and my six-year-old daughter splodged some paint on and then patted it with something and went what do you think of that dad and he went oh my that's that's spot on that's just how did you do that so now he's telling all his friends how to achieve that from something a six-year-old girl did she didn't have any other knowledge she just went oh if i get a bit of sponge and 
there you go. It's done, isn't it? <laughs> and and it was amazing not only to see passion that he had for that moment, but also seeing his daughter feeling engulfed by his admiration of her skill. Mm. And that was really humbling to see because that is what happens all the time within this community is that someone will come up with something that you just didn't think of. And that's only because you've got these blinkers on where you've been listening to advice of how to achieve this, that and the other. And you're too scared or just don't think, you know, as a new modeler, that's exactly what you've got to take into into account. You're starting this hobby. You're on a journey. Experiment, practice, experiment, practice. Hmm. I believe that if I put time and effort into something, it, it will come out the way I want it to look. If I have that time and effort, but I never do. <laughs> so it never comes out the same way that I want it to. If you train and if you work hard and if you put time and effort into something, you will achieve the thing you want, right? Yeah. Brilliant. There you go. Thank you, Simon, for all those questions. Brilliant question, Simon. Well done. Hmm. This might be a long podcast, just pre-warning you. This might be a good time for a commercial break, and the commercial break is this. If you need a break, now is the time. Quickly run off and get yourself a cup of coffee. Uh, that was it, because we're sponsored by nobody. Next ones are from uh, Lewis and Nat. Mm-hmm. Big fans of the show. Within your modelling hobby... You look for inspiration. Where did the inspiration come for the Just Making Conversation podcast? Malcolm is the answer to that question. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was the Scale Model Shed. Mm. It's interesting you brought that up. And I thought, wow, why didn't I mention that earlier? Scale Model Shed was, how many episodes did they make? Six, I think. It was just really fun to listen to. Three people that I, I, I kind of knew of talking about model making and just trying to make it fun for themselves and for everyone else. It was, it was a joy to listen to. Mm. Um, oh, so that's probably where I inspired to do this one. Uh, and also carry on films. <laughs> <laughs> when we did live shows together a couple of years ago, we would end the show and then we, we were carried on talking. And that was, was gold. Mm. And I think that's probably what this is. Yeah. And I thought oh, we could bottle that. <laughs> that's what, I reckon that's probably the inspiration, I'd say. Mm. What about you? Yeah, you're right. You're, everything you just said, I totally agree with. That was my introduction to podcasts. And I enjoyed the format of the model shed. Uh, I know the guys. It was just a relaxed format. That's the inspiration. Next question was, uh, what made you choose the podcast format rather than other platforms like YouTube and TikTok, etc.? <laughs> I, I think I can answer this. We did toy with what format we were going to use. And I think it was something in which wasn't really said between us, but it was more a case of, this could be the more relaxing and laid back approach, mm-hmm. which I think without actually saying it was what we both wanted to do. Something, something that was relaxed, something that was um, just chatting mm-hmm. and it just made sense. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the just making conversation came from exactly that. It came from the fact we enjoy talking to one another. Mm. Um, and we like each other's conversations and um, like, like you just alluded to there, he's you know at the end of some lives that we've done, we've had a little chat and mucked about and blah blah blah. So it, it all sort of tied itself. The 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 name of the podcast, the fact it's a podcast, and the the approach we take all tied itself into that one format. Yeah. Um. So the the format. Um. What platform we did mention or float the idea about having it on YouTube? Just put the audio on YouTube. 
I wasn't that bothered um, using YouTube at all. Um, I always wanted to go go to you know, to a proper raw podcast on Spotify or Amazon Music with our on and and TikTok. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not doing TikTok. No, it's bad enough having to um, uh, distribute to so many different podcast distributors, um, so that we are every episode is on Amazon, every episode is on Spotify, every episode is on the uh, Apple platform. As long as we share where we actually host the podcast on our Facebook. That's the platform we've chosen. I could screen share this entire thing and record it. It wouldn't be the same then, you know? No, I I think you'd lose an awful lot by doing that as well. Yeah, I'd have to put some clothes on. Well, that's true, yeah. Uh, That would certainly help my eyes. (laughs) But unless we literally were sitting next to a roaring, drinking tea from China cup, I think YouTube would actually be detrimental. We could, of course, just put a picture of our mugs on there and for the 50 minutes and put the audio track on. You know as well as I do, the way our brains work is that if we went down that road, by episode 12, we'd be starting to make funny videos and God knows what to go with it. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy YouTube. I enjoy doing the live streams and all that sort of stuff when I do them. Um, but you are under an awful lot of pressure and there is no hiding where at least you're just mm. listening to our voice. What you don't see is that we we have a, uh, our cameras on, and I can see Malcolm, and Malcolm will see me. So I can see Malcolm's cat climbing all over him, and and all that sort of stuff. Um, that wouldn't really work on a YouTube channel, you know, because you'd be going go away and all that. So yeah, and TikTok. All all I know about TikTok is just lots of funny dance moves, and I can't do dance. So. <laughs> what advice have you got for other people that are thinking of starting podcasts? My advice would be very simple. Give it a go. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm looking at your face thinking that wasn't what you were going to say. No, 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 absolutely. I'm a bit pissed off that you said it for me. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> just make one. Just do it. Get yourself some free software, a free uh, distributing website, and off you go. Just record something fun uh, and just enjoy it because uh, I think that will come through. That's the most important part. Enjoy whatever you do. That's no difference to the advice I've given to YouTubers that are now doing pretty well, is that whatever you do, don't let it rule your life. Yes, that's right. It does take a lot of time, big time sync, but I'd love more time to be able to do it. You know, answer more comments, and answer more people's emails, and but with more detail than, than I do. That's the way our format is the way it is, is that we record two weeks in advance in theory. So to respond to comments and stuff, there, there's a delay in that. Um, and I want to see our listeners understand that. Um, yeah, don't be wrong. It would be lovely if we could do it and it'd be recorded and published within a couple of days because then we could be up to date and fresh and all the rest of it. Yeah. Uh, so the next question is from Paul. Paul says, as a, a Stig leader, Sig leader, Stig, Wig, Stig. Paul says, as a, a Stig leader of Russian wheels and track. Stig. Oh, Sig. Oh, for crying out loud. Paul asked a question. <laughs> As a leader of a Sig, Russian wheels and tracks, there's a great debate what colour is Russian green? Well, there are thousands and thousands of different types of Russian green because of the amount of weathering, the amount of light, the amount of whatever colour was underneath it. Um, there is no proper color for anything in terms of military 
is there? I like the discussion sometimes could be quite interesting about the chemistry of, of paint when it's been left over time. You know, that's I think that's quite an interesting thing. What about you? You've got a uh, Russian links. What do you think the uh, Russian green is? Well, I, to be honest, I have a, uh, it's a very simple view. Uh, it doesn't really matter what colour it is. People tend to forget, and this came up in a, um, another podcast not that long ago, in, in time of war, um, you, it's a make-do scenario. So when they come out of the factory, they're green, and when they're in the field, they're not because they're patched up, they're dubbed over with whatever paint they've got. And even to the point where you, for example, um, the tank factory in Stalingrad, they ran out of paint. Mm not done the research but there may have been a point where someone said running out of green paint that's right we've got a load of red stick a load of red in it i, I don't know mm. you know but i can um, i can fully imagine that it's a case of well we've we've got to paint it with something and this is what we're painting with so and it's the same with greys isn't it you know you tend to find that comes up quite a lot the other thing that comes up is where yeah. doing yeah. winter camouflage on tanks and and they're throwing white paint over stuff or painting white strips on planes god i can't believe we're going down that road all those conversations and and russian green is a classic argument because you want to see russian green tune in and watch the uh, victory parades they do everything's immaculate it's all beautiful and you know why it's all beautiful it's because it's all been painted before the parade glossy I've been to Russia and I've seen some of the, the military vehicles that, that thunder around and wow, yeah. Green really don't come into it. Is there a one colour that they choose though? Is it is Russian green distinct to olive drab, for instance? Again, no. I've, I've actually seen a convoy of Russian trucks and these are modern, obviously, because I wasn't back in the war, but uh, every different shade of green, like six or seven trucks in a convoy and none of them are the same. They're all different. And, and that's probably because Ivan pranged up the first one and that would be repainted. Mm -hmm. There'll be a certain spec for a certain vehicle, blah, 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 blah. But once it's out in the field, once it's had a little bit of running around, it's been dinked and danked and all the rest of it uh, and touched up, unless it's going on a parade, it's going to be rough as houses. I know while I'm saying this, I can hear tankers in my ear going well that's not necessarily true when i was on the tanks we used to wash them to death blah, 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 blah. again we get hung up too much on you know is that right is it wrong i think it's an interesting question though. it's an interesting debate yes it's, the debates are always wonderful and there's always someone that gets triggered they're all great <laughs> but um you know if you did a the, th the thing i'm trying to say is if you did a diorama of of a kit uh, and you had half a dozen of that same subject in a convoy and you painted them all the same colour, 100% same, that wouldn't be right because they'd all be different mm. in some form. There'd all be something about them that would be different. Mm. So the answer to the question, Paul, is Russian green is green. Well, I've got a couple of Vallejo pots in front of me that, that would say that the greens are different. Russian uniform green it looks different to olive drab. You know, those are different green. Um, and I would just go with whatever the paint manufacturer has decided because I hope they would done some research. That's probably where I would start. What's the sound of the tin? It's really what, what feels right is, is what's right. So there we go. We don't know. <laughs> no. Thanks for the question, though, Paul. Yeah. It was, it's only a slight trigger, so thanks. Dan is next. Thank you, Dan, for some questions. Uh, how has, sorry, Dan has a question. He says, how has the podcast evolved as you have made more episodes? I think it's become more relaxed more than anything else. Mm -hmm. In our first episodes, we were quite concerned about structure and trying not to go off topic too much and all that sort of stuff. 
<laughs> would you believe? <laughs> and, and like, for example, James, can you stop rubbing your side because I'm really getting annoyed at editing that out and stuff? <laughs> yeah. Now he, now he just gives up. Yeah, well, I, I purposely leave it in. I think more relaxed about what we can talk about and how we talk about it. The structure, I think. We did we did a little bit of research at the very beginning of doing the podcast on how to do the intros, how you do an, a show intro, and you how you do a episode intro is different. We recorded uh, the episode intros every time, but obviously the, the main show intro is the same throughout the entire series, mostly, give or take. That's something we hadn't considered. So that was um, um, sort of started at the very beginning um, and hasn't changed the intros and outros. In terms of evolving, it's probably more a technical thing. So um, at the very beginning, I wasn't mm. sure for the audio files out there, I wasn't sure how to if I should compress first or whether I should normalize first or, or how to um, put a stereo input down to a mono input and what the best way of doing that was. Um, so there is a sound difference between the very beginning of how Just Making Conversation sounds mm -hmm. to how it sounds now. I struggled with a lot of things like equalizing the volume and, and things like that, but I think I've got that down now. And I've actually written a document that yeah. sits on our shared Google Drive that just tells me exactly how to make just making conversation sound like just making conversation. And it's all done on Audacity and, and using different filters. It seems to work. It sounds good. It sounds fine. I, I'm really hoping this one sounds all right. I'm looking at these peaks and they're, they are they are peeking out. So I'm able to re-record all this. But um, for me, that's that's what into evolved. And I, I don't know if that comes across to other people, but the technical side of putting it together, I wish it was quicker. It still takes a long time. But in terms of content, uh, yeah, I think we have definitely become more relaxed. I was going to say that we've become quicker at doing the intros and writing what we're going to do. But this one, it took, what, 40 minutes just to record the beginning of yes. it. And, <laughs> yes. And we did do it very quickly once. We did it under 10 minutes. Remember that? No. No, I think I think you're right. The, the, te the technical side of stuff. He's all part of the journey of learning how to do it as well, isn't it? So it's evolved in that respect. Mm. I don't think the content's evolved that much. I think it probably has a little bit, but not that other than being more relaxed. We've introduced things like the bingo. We've introduced mm. things like the Musuru Cup updates and that, that kind of thing, haven't we? Mm -hmm. And the little sound effects and stuff that we pop in. Like the thing when you have an idea, I put the, the light bulb moment. Hmm. Just be interesting to see what the next season brings in in its evolution. Whatever, you know, whatever thing. I think it's funny. <laughs> uh, Dan says, what's the future of the podcast? When we started, it was, if we got another podcast out, then we got another podcast out. You know, if, mm -hmm. if you and I would suddenly become very busy or we had a family illness or something, then we wouldn't be able to do it, then it would probably stop. You know, we'll probably start it yeah. again. But, um, there was no kind of like, oh, let's start a podcast and let's do an entire series for a year and see how it goes. It was like, let's see how the first one goes. Let's see how the second one goes. Yeah. Still like talking to me after a couple of months. <laughs> yeah. And we also didn't know quite how it was going to go down either. Funny enough, even this evening, we were being staggered at just, just the numbers. So we didn't. We didn't plan anything, did we, in, in that respect? No, I can't believe that, how many people we have listening to us. Yeah, and also, you know, some the charts and stuff that are out there, the positions we're in as well just astounds me at times. But um, And some very peculiar places as well. 
So we are we are very international in in uh, the the people that listen to us, which we're very grateful for, no matter where you are in the world. Yes, uh, hello to Norway, yes, and uh, South Africa and Malta. Um, we are. <laughs> so much, we are very popular in, in, in those countries, and I don't know why, but we're grateful. Indeed, yeah. So the future, Dan, really is um, more of the same. Um, we, you know, yeah, we've got lots of ideas, and yes, we'd like it to do this and that and the other, but we're not, I think I'm right in saying this, um, we're not going to put ourselves under any pressure. And as long as we're enjoying yeah. doing it, then it will carry on. At the moment it becomes... a too tedious or or too stressful then that we'll, we'll drop an episode or or whatever yeah yeah we'll take a break we have juggled i would say throughout the entire year about whether we're going to do interviews whether we're going to do outside broadcasts whether we're going to bring somebody else into this menage a trois <laughs> we haven't said no we haven't decided that we're not going to do that just that we haven't kind of find the right time or uh, maybe the right person one of the joys, one of the lucky things we've got for ourselves is that it's just two of us. Um, and that's all we need to, to, to concentrate on time-wise. Mm. Um, and one of our hesitations with interviews and stuff is, is a, another person you've got to take into account, finding the time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and to be totally honest, that's part of the reason we've not done it, isn't it? It's really because we're not quite sure how we would time manage. No. But, yeah, nothing, nothing's off the table um and and like we've said earlier on in the this podcast is you know you've got some ideas you've got some thoughts something you'd really like to to hear then let us know and, yeah. and if it's something we can achieve then we will achieve it yeah or we'll just give it a blind go at it no achieve it sounded better oh it does yes i won't promise anything <laughs> you know what happens when you do that <laughs> so there we go we don't know <laughs> What, says Dan, were the highlights over the last year? I think we've uh, discussed a lot of the highlights, haven't we? I think the highlight of just of finding a couple of hours to sit and chat. Yeah. And two good friends is is the highlight. I look forward to sitting down to record it. Specifically, yeah, I think it's the community. People feeding back go, oh, I like your podcast. People I'd never met before saying, thank you for making what you do. It, it entertains me. Mm-hmm. Which is a lovely thing to say. It is. Those are the highlights, I think. The feedback that we're entertaining people and they're enjoying what we're doing and we're just not really trying, you know? Yeah. I suppose one of the highlights for me, you were talking about the community. Yeah. The support we've had from the other podcasters has been immense. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't think that can be understated. A whole bunch of people from all around the world willing to communicate with each other about the pitfalls of, of this mm. hobby of podcasts because that's what it is um and also being willing to jump in and get involved with other things because they happen to be a podcaster is that's tremendous and i take my out to all of you out there and also the ones that have, that have just come online as well recently they're the same you know everybody seems to be the same it just reignites the the love of the community and the fact that realistically you can put a whole bunch of strange people in a room and when I say strange, I don't necessarily mean they're all strange, strange, you know. Some are. Definitely I am, but there you go. <laughs> you know, you put a bunch of guys in a room, be it online in a stream or in a physical room, they all get on. They've all got the same hobby, all got the same love for the hobby. 
and it's a giggle and that's what i love about this community and this hobby is that that happens so much it's humor it's laughter and it's i'll give you a hand mate what do you need yeah the human element element elephant element elephant mm-hmm. the human elephant oh excuse me <laughs> It's the people. It's, it's the dudes behind the microphone and the dudes on the workbenches. Uh, it's the people. Mm. People are great. Um, but he's also asked, what new things have you learned doing the podcast? One of the things I've, I've learned is that uh, Malcolm is a little bit more scatty than I thought he was and probably a lot more like my mentality than I realised he was as well because I thought he was a really serious person. But I think the reason for that is is because I crick my neck an awful lot when I look up at him. So he just looks serious when he's up in the clouds. Yeah, a lot of people have said that to me. When I first met you, I thought you were like a super rigid, correct, upright. Nothing could be further than the truth, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it's because they all look up to you. That's what it is. Look up my nostrils and say, well, he's got no hair, nose hairs up there. He must be looking after himself. <laughs> No, we weren't going to talk about my tallness, and you. No, we, we we're not going to. So let's move no, on. No, no, let's not, because I don't think actually you were talking about my tallness. Um, you were referring to your shortness. Now we can move on. <laughs> well, yes. Anyway, <laughs> the last question from Dan, which I'm going to throw at Malcolm, because Malcolm is the one that gets the fan mail, not me, really. He asks, "Have you had any dirty fan mail?" <laughs> no i've had mail that i didn't understand but no i haven't had any uh, unfortunately no. <laughs> <laughs> all, all the communications we've had have been lovely and kind and honest and that's great if you feel like sending me dirty fan mail <laughs> you're gonna regret that, God, imagine that. people sending you all sorts of different dirty stuff right <laughs> No, I'm not going to try and imagine it. Anyway, let's move on. So uh, the last person that sent us some questions is Richard. Uh, it's a couple of questions. He asks, how is the podcast put together? With uh, cheap glue. <laughs> so basically right now we're, we're recording uh, on Zencast, which gives us the audio. We are fortunate in that Zencast have upgraded a little bit so that we can actually use a camera to see each other, which has its pluses and minuses. If one of us is distracted by doing something while the other one is talking, mm. it can be distracting in what you're trying to say or do. The good part about it is is it gives you the ability to see the visual cues. Not that Malcolm waves his finger at me too much. Because we're talking to one another as you would normally, and then once we've, we've finished nattering, Malcolm downloads the audio, um, not the video, just the audio, uh, and then he does his magic. So then I take the two tracks that we've recorded, so that's James's track and my track, I put them into a piece of software called Audacity, which is free. You can get it on the Mac and PC. It's crowd-made um, software, so it's always being updated and changed. And, and it's it's a good piece of software. There's loads of tutorials on YouTube how to use it, and that's what I did when I was learning. I just went on YouTube and typed, how do you record voice on Audacity? And just went from there. And then once uh, I've got those in, then I have to apply filters to it, which is the compression and normalization. And I add a bit of bass and treble to the voices. And I try and equalize our volumes because mine's different than James's. And also I change physical position. So my, my audio signature is slightly different. So I try and maintain that throughout. 
so the listener isn't kind of put off or distracted by audio changes, which can be difficult if you're trying to concentrate on something someone's saying and there's you know, volume changes or distortion or something. It's hard to understand. So I try and do that. Mm. And then I will then start actually listening to what we said. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fun bit. And I'll start listening to it and I'll be ruthless and I'll cut stuff out that we've said that we were just chatting about. It's coming completely irrelevant and I'll cut it all out. But if something makes me chuckle and I think, oh yeah, that was quite funny, then I'll leave that bit in with the content that we did. But also as the conversations evolve and we talk about different subjects within the subject we're talking about i drop in a little sound clip of the music to split the two conversations mm-hmm. yeah so i'll put the music coming in and then i'll let it fade out and then we'll start talking about something else but that gap there could have been an hour <laughs> of mm-hmm. cut stuff or it could have been literally no no cut at all and I think trying to cut all those little conversations down to sort of a 20-minute, uh, like a little episode within the episode, yeah. cutting those down is quite fun. Sometimes there's hardly any. Yeah, so it's all, almost making a break within a break, isn't it? Yeah, that's, I suppose so, yeah. yeah. Sometimes there's loads of uh, separate sections. So I do that, and I go through it from the beginning to the end. I don't listen to the whole thing and then write down what I want to cut out and I start chopping it up until I get to the end. And it takes about uh, 10 hours work, I'd say. And then once I've done mm. that, I always add like the cheeky uh, audio effects and things like that. I change the voices when we're saying, oh, I think that. Other people, yeah. I think that. Cheese is funny. I would then change that voice mm-hmm. uh, using a full filter. Uh, sometimes I'll raise the voice if you're talking about a child or something or a female. I'll raise your voice up. Sometimes I put echoes on it, but not too much that it kind of distracts, just kind of emphasizes what we were talking about. I was trying to end each each subject matter, each little phase uh, with a joke if I can. It doesn't always work out, but uh, I, I try and make it so it's an obvious end of the mm. conversation in the conversation. And then once I've done that, I'll add the intros and the outros in, export it as an MP3, send it to SoundCloud, then I send the link to that, usually at midnight, to James. Yeah. And then James will listen to it. And then if I don't get any feedback, it's fine. Yeah. And then uh, I'll set it to go out on Anchor because mm-hmm. it's free um, as a distributor. It automatically goes onto Anchor. And then I write a little funny thing about it. I put the show notes in. And then James will also go to refer to his thing. We basically make the Facebook posts as well, sort of together, don't we? Yeah. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, the only other side is is the social media side, and we tried to make sure that we schedule a post uh, in between the, the episodes, so you know what's coming, and then obviously the, the the post of the actual episode. So yeah, yeah, that that's the work. Um, the posts, I, I like to try and do a little bit of artwork to it to make it a little bit interesting, of which I get told off by Malcolm quite a lot because it has to be structured. <laughs> I, I I'm, a, I'm a brand whore, let's say. Yeah, you like the consistency. That is, yeah. We're very tight on the brand in making sure the fonts are right. And unfortunately, my computer doesn't necessarily have the same fonts as Malcolm's. Anyway, yeah. So we, we set it up in a way in which it didn't, it purposely didn't cost us a great deal of anything other than time. You know, what the future, what, what will come in the future and what levels we may or may not. That was the whole point of the Buy Me A Coffee was really to be in a position where we can give back something. If you enjoy our content and we've entertained you for 45 minutes, show your appreciation by 
chucking us a pound or two or with just a message which costs nothing yeah um all of those is just very gratifying it's it's lovely to 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 be a part of that mm. so i've got a question for you james uh tell us what uh equipment you use to uh, facilitate you being able to record today the real basics is i've got an apple mac right here in front of me um i will take a picture of of the ops room I've got a television that I share my screen to and obviously my normal screen. I then got a boom arm with a snowball mic and a filter just in front of it, trying to remember to lean closely to it because my volume sometimes can be a little bit less. And that's it. That's that's as basic as it gets. That's all I use for the podcast. Yeah. It's all equipment you had before. Haven't bought anything for the podcast, have you? Um, as people may know, I do YouTube videos, etc., and live streams. So I in, in here, I do have two lights, and I have other cameras. So there are two C920s, one on a boom arm um, that goes over my desk. And that creates my studio for my videos and, and stuff. Yeah. How about yourself? What do you use? So I have a PC. I have usually three screens. And James is on one side. I have Google on the other. The other screen probably be off. Right now I'm recording on a laptop. That's been a, a pain in the ass. I have the uh, same as you, C920 for the webcams. I'm also using the uh, Yeti Nano by Blue. So it's the same manufacturer as, as your Snowball. Mm. This one has uh, the... Um, the cardioid function as well as an omnidirectional function and it's funny is every time i move my mic <laughs> i end up pressing the button on the back to change it so every time i start recording i have to make sure it's definitely on cardioid otherwise it won't sound right mm-hmm. that's an annoying thing but uh, i like it because my kids know if they see that green circle on the microphone they they best not make any noise um, <laughs> So that's like a little nice, uh, you know, on-air kind of light, which is great. And I have that on a boom uh, as well. I try to keep still because it does rattle when I move about. And the other thing that's different between us is that your setup is actually in your front room. Hmm. Um, whereas mine, I have a, a dedicated space for my hobby. So it's in there, out of the way. So I can... Yes, you do. I can technically shut the door and shut any uh, mischievous partners or whatever yeah. yeah i can't do that unfortunately um you can see my entire lounge so we do have to find times where we can do these sort of things and sometimes people are eating toast in the background or kids are kids and cats are walking through <laughs> thank you very much everybody for being with us this year that's the end of the series and next year obviously we have got all sorts of things planned but before before we close the season, there is just one more thing in which we've got to do. Oh, um, is that a bingo thing? It's actually a Musaru update. Oh, my gosh. How did I forget? I'm usually the one that says, tell me about the Musaru update. Okay, go for it. We've got the jingle to do, so give that a bit of time to <laughs> run its course. Yeah, after the jingle, you can go crazy. Musaru Cup, the Musaru Cup. Let's talk about the Musaru Cup. Boom! Woohoo! So, in true form, uh, the Musaru Cup update is this. That is going to be all the Musaru update there is going to be. Come and join us regularly. Make sure you sign up to the Facebook page to keep up to date. And uh, we've said a couple of times throughout the episode. What happens next with the Musaru will be spontaneous and sporadic. So there will be no fixed time as such. So come and join us. Come and have a bit of a laugh and a giggle. 
uh, ask us some questions um, and we'll try our best to answer them in a, uh, a sensible way. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> I won't. And yeah, let's see what happens next year. Let's see what... Um, what... But yeah, uh, look out for uh, new artwork as well um, for Series 2. <gasps> oh, I can't believe you gave the game away. Yeah, if you've listened this long, I think. Oh, no, they deserve it. You're right. <laughs> After a year of podcasting, I would like to thank my co-host James for his patience and humour and thank the podcast community for their support and for those that have shared our podcast over the last year on social media and gave me positive comments and assistance. And I also would like to thank Malcolm for putting up with me. And I join in his thanks for the community and the great support we've had from everybody. It's just been amazing. Thank you. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'm going to drink that. A cup of tea. You've been listening to Just Baking Conversation with James Skiffins and Malcolm Childs. Follow us on Facebook where we post photos, updates, and other nonsense. Let us know what you are just making and what your thoughts are on the conversation on this episode. We have to thank our supporters, who we dearly appreciate. Please support us on buymeacoffee.com. Kilo Delta Papa, Mark, Julian, Ray, Neil, Mike, Robert, Andrew, Drew, John, Mike, Jeff, Richard, Lynn, Gordon, and four others. Who took the time to buy me a coffee. If you do show your support... Why not leave a message with your name so we can give you a shout out? Next time, we will be starting Series 2 of Just Making Conversation. We don't know what we're going to be talking about yet because we haven't written it. Goodbye. See ya. Thanks for listening. 24 episodes. (laughs) Patience of a saint. We should be paying you. (laughs) We should buy new coffees. <laughs>